Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to Lockdown Red Wings. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. Today is Tuesday, February 2nd, 2021, and the Red Wings have lost two more games since the last time that we have talked to you folks. Uh, Are you surprised? You shouldn't be at this point. That's six in a row. Uh, Things are not going very well for your Detroit Red Wings. Uh, They lose 3-2 in overtime to the Florida Panthers on Saturday night, come right back on Sunday, play a pretty not bad game, (laughs) and, and end up losing uh three to two we'll kind of get into the nitty-gritty details of this one but all you really need to know is that the power play basically tells the story of this entire series and there are some shocking and i mean shocking jeff blashel quotes that we have to get to uh before we do that i'm your host detroit sports writer nolan bianchi the other host of this show ethan smith is a longtime red wings fan and a kidney stone survivor ethan what's going on how's it going it's going happy well tuesday now happy tuesday morning Happy Tuesday morning, everybody. Uh, we are going to be joined by Armando Velez from the Lockdown Panthers podcast for a, a pretty good majority of today's episode. And then tomorrow, uh, we're going to do more of a, a long-term outlook on the Florida Panthers because we the Red Wings have a bunch of games against Florida uh, in the coming weeks. So it'll be good to you know do a little bit extra of a get-to-know-you, figure out if this 5-0-1 start is for real, uh, and a whole bunch of other questions like that. So before we get to that, let us let us deep dive into the special teams because they really did tell the the entire the story of the entire series florida goes four for seven on the power play detroit goes oh for seven on the power play uh both of these games one goal games saturday night to saturday in overtime that is uh i mean like we we keep coming out here and it's it's frustrating because this is not the same thing as last year. This is not the same thing where they're getting blown out. I mean, besides the stars game the other night, which that was one of those things where things just got really ugly in the last couple of minutes. But besides that, like they aren't getting blown out in a lot of these games. They're just losing by one or two goals because they can't make up the difference on special teams. Yeah. And I, I pray that this isn't, what we're going to be going through for the, for the entire year. Hopefully these guys can kick it on here soon. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then Jeff Blashell's quotes after Saturday night were, were truly something special uh, because he left Larkin and Mantha off the power play for the first two go arounds. And he goes, uh, can you, can you do it in his voice? I'm not very good a, at it, but I can try. You can try it. Please do. I'll tell Brian to cut it. If it's not good. You know, obviously our power play hasn't been good enough. Uh, that's the definition of insanity, right? Just doing the same thing over and over again. So we felt like we'd try a couple guys to give them the opportunity to see how they do. Uh, and when they weren't getting it done, we went back to Larkin and Manta. How's that? That was pretty good. Not bad. That was great, actually. That was pretty good. So, yeah, that that is uh, the definition of insanity, frankly, Jeff, uh, is taking your, your two best – <laughs> offensive attackman uh off of the power play attackman yeah that's a lacrosse term I'm showing myself here a little bit um right, right. The, to take your two most productive forwards off of the power play because they can't score 
in your system. That's the definition of insanity. I don't even know what to say. How does this guy just keep getting away with this? I don't know. I don't know what to say. It's a podcast. I'm at a loss for words. It's just, yeah, it just doesn't fit the system. Well, the entire team doesn't fit the goddamn system. Flash. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, just throw somebody else in there to try and throw uh, Veltri Philpool is going to now be a Dylan Arkin spot on the post. Is that going to work? You think that's going to work? Oh, Christ. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I, I just don't know where you go. And I like, guys, we had a conversation before we started this podcast. I said, we need to find another way to talk about Jeff Blaschel because ultimately it is beating a dead horse. Like, for all we know, he could you know, be locked into a, uh, being the coach for the rest of the season. So I don't want to like keep coming on here and saying like Jeff Blaschel, what the hell, uh, somebody needs to do something about Jeff Blaschel. Cause at a certain point, like uh, we need to just get over it, but I just, I I'm struggling to wrap my head around where the logic is in this and how like <laughs> i feel like jesse pinkman when like as soon as the power play expires he's like he can't keep getting away with this you know no <laughs> no shots on goal and oh, uh that's how i feel i'm just so tired of watching just just drop pass after drop pass and it's like oh, i know let's i count the over on count guys count how many drop passes there are when we're on power plays in a single game it just it's everybody goes up to the line and we just drop it back one guy and it all slows down that we can't get in and the puck's out again god it's just so frustrating to watch and then to like pile on top of that we have talked about uh Giovanni smith and him needing to get more minutes he executes a beautiful like he Help, or he he assisted on a Dylan Larkin goal to kick off the game last night on the rush. Like it was so amazing to watch this dude go from the neutral zone and carry the puck into the offensive zone and then make a play that put his teammate in a position to score. That was like on I was did. like dumbfounded. And then he did. He's a GF, he's looked great, man. He has. And then and then he still keeps getting relegated to those fourth line minutes while uh, Glenn Denning, Nielsen and Philpula, I mean, just keep running out there. And I just, I don't get it. I mean, we, we even mentioned it on last week's show. He has come out time and time again and said, the kids need to earn their playing time. What has Giovanni Smith not done to earn playing time over these guys? I what has Carl Rossi no not done to earn play, playing time over, you know, Franz Nielsen? I, I, I can't. I have no idea fathom it and they keep like we we touched on him saying uh you know we're trying to play a more defensive game we're trying to basically limit the amount of chaos because our team doesn't benefit from chaos uh as much as other teams do so we're trying to take those low event moments and we're trying to keep them small i get that hey whatever but like this idea that franz nielsen and and you know is like your last line of defense and you need this guy to win hockey games is beyond stupid. It is. I know it is. I know it is, Nolan. I just, I, 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 I 
like I, I said, I'm in a need, loss like, for words. We need words. to figure out a plan on this podcast. If we're going to have this podcast be a daily podcast for the course of the entire season, we're going to have to like consistently come up with new euphemisms or metaphors for Jeff Blaschel getting fired because it's going to be coming up pretty much after every series. And quite frankly, I don't know how else to spin it. Like this dude is not right for the job. And then plus two, even when we had Zadina and Fabry in the lineup, like our power play was still awful. Yeah. It's like it's not even like, oh, well, we don't have the personnel, blah, blah, blah. It, that doesn't make a difference. We could still have the personnel, but it's still the, the game plan does not work. Yeah, the power play is awful. The transitions are still awful. Getting into the zone, the neutral zone is still awful. Yeah. My head is in my hands right now. <laughs> We're going to have to talk about this all year. We're going to how have many games are left? How many games are left? We will, 46? We will field your ideas for how we can uh, fill time in each podcast instead of, instead of talking about Jeff Blaschel needing to get fired. So just send us your ideas on Twitter for how we can uh, escape those conversations uh, Please. as the season goes on. Because it's, it's just too much to bear. Uh, another news though, Anthony Mantha gets his third, second and third goal of the seasons. Tyler Bertuzzi scores on Saturday night, but he gets hurt, does not play on Sunday. Uh, I believe he is day today. And then Dylan Larkin gets his fifth of the season as well. So a pretty good, uh, pretty good weekend points wise from that standpoint. Get nervous for that. One of these top three guys here are going to get hurt. Yeah. Like long-term. Uh-huh. I'm getting um, nervous. I am as well, but I also like the other side to that, coin too right is the fact that nobody's come back from the covid list yet which i haven't really been keeping track of time but i feel like at least one of these guys has should have come off it might point. be like a uh you know i mean once you test negative which could take a week then you have to test negative consistently for a week i just miss philip sedina i feel like i haven't seen him in in a long time yeah i know it's it hasn't been anywhere near as much fun to watch red wings games without him or fabry yeah, and even and even Merrill or like Gagne on that power play, look like I rue the day that I long for Sam Gagne to return to the Red Wings power play. But here I am. I know, right? Wishing for it, Sam Gagne. So Sam uh, Gagne, we're missing <laughs> Sam Gagne. My God. Uh, we're gonna cover a little bit more of this series. Uh, in the next two segments with Armando Velez from Locked On Panthers. So before we get to that, we do have to talk to you guys real quick about rockauto.com. That's right, folks. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models out there, it is now possible to stock all the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why would you endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. I don't know about you, Ethan, but I don't like spending money that I don't have to because I have uh, a grocery bill that I need to pay for. I have uh, rent that I need to pay. I have car, car insurance. insurance. I want to save up to buy a house. All of these types of things. Then I'm literally throwing money away by going to the local chain store instead of doing it myself and shopping at rockauto.com where their prices, mind you, are always reliably low and they're always the same for professionals or do-it-yourselfers. So why would you spend up to twice as much for the same auto parts when you can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And when you get there, just write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you. 
They've got amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts that your car will ever need. Fender off gives him the business. All right, Ethan, so we might be covering everything that you need to know about the Red Wings, but with the rest, what about the rest of sports? Now the Lockdown Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Lockdown Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the great sports stories that you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Lockdown Today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, at this time, we now welcome on the host of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. He is Armando Velez. Armando, what's going on, man? Happy to have you here. Thank you, Nolan. Thank you, Ethan. Glad to be here. Uh, so you must be riding pretty high after those uh, those those weekend wins over the Red Wings, both of them by a score of 3-2 to two on Saturday night. That one coming in overtime. Uh, what were your overall impressions of the series? What did you expect going in? And then kind of how were those expectations met or not met? When when you have the division realignment that we had this season, you, you, you know, you look at every single opponent. And with Detroit, with how they've been struggling these last few years, ever since their 25-year run of making the playoffs – and really mailing it in last season. You don't and, say. <laughs> and the the expectation what for Florida facing against teams like Chicago and Detroit, the the expectation is really after how bad their defense was last year was retool it and get at least three out of four points in every series that you go into this year. I like that. And that's, that's interesting because I mean, we've kind of touched on it as like, this is very much a baseball season, you know, like you're trying to go in and you're trying to win every series because the nature of these matchups allows you for, you know, some extra chess moves that might help you, you know, you might, you might see something today that helps you tomorrow or vice versa. Um, After game one, I, I, I mean, like to start game two, actually. So let's take it there. The Red Wings start, out shooting the Panthers seven to nothing. I'm pretty sure they eventually took it to 10 to one. Uh, the, the, the power play though, we touched on this, the special teams told the entire story of the series, but I'm going to be honest for a, a majority of this weekend, I thought the Red Wings were the better team five on five. Even strength. You're correct. Because there's times where, where Florida was like late on, on so much of their transitions, especially the first Dylan Larkin goal in game two where Owen Tippett had a turnover in the neutral zone and there with Dylan Larkin's speed it's really hard to beat him when you're going backwards and trying to like catch up with them and he was just able to beat Ekblad and Weger for that after a really bad turnover by Tippett. I was just like uh surprised I guess with how well the Red Wings have played five on five because when we when we do these recaps i mean it all breaks down to we we look at the (laughs) who did better on the power play it's always the other team and they're always the team that wins and that's usually kind of what it breaks down to was that an emphasis going in i know you guys had uh quite the rock and power play entering the series when it comes to special teams at, at first what the florida panthers were struggling mostly with was the kill they in their first series against chicago they were 40 percent on the pk and then they and they were averaging through their first four games 10 minutes of PIM per game. So when you're shorthanded all the time 
and you're not giving your chance your team a chance to be in the offensive zone and that happened in game two of this series against Detroit even though they didn't have the 10 minutes of penalty PIM they were able to clean it up after the pretty much the second period after midway through the second period they only had one penalty since so they were able to and that's what caused the 7-0 with shot on goal advantage for Detroit because they were from the start in game two, just setting the tone, they had a penalty within like the first 30 seconds, uh, Carter Verhage slash. So that was a tone setter early. I will say, and I don't know if Ethan will agree with me. And uh, from a, from a little bit biased of a perspective, I thought the officiating was pretty bad this weekend to be quite honest. And like, just yes. this game was ridiculous. Yeah. Really bad. Calls were ridiculous. Yeah. I, I didn't, I, yeah, some, but there was a there was one penalty. There's two penalties that were justifiable from the Florida end, where Keith Yandel was just sloppy, and he had two tripping penalties in a row within like three or four minutes of each other. So I thought that was well deserved for Keith Yandel just being sloppy, and I don't know what he said on the conduct neither in game <laughs> two. So. There, there were times where there were times where it was well deserved, and I, I try so hard not to cri- criticize officials because outside of this, I am an I, I actually referee basketball and lacrosse, so I try not to go too hard on the officials. So yeah, but if Armando, this is, you know that's not your main source of income. You're not being paid to do it at the highest level in the entire world. Correct. You're right. <laughs> there, there's an expect. There's an expectation. But I see it from their perspective as well. It's it's so hard when you're when you are in that position for sure. So that that that's just that's just my my take on officiating. But yes, there was questionable ones, and you could you could have gone either way with the Rasmussen uh, penalty with on Mackenzie Weger, mm-hmm. with whether it was a major or minor. There was it was really close to call on that one. What do you guys think? Well, I just thought it was funny how like one, like there was so much uh, in game two, especially like so much fake rivalry energy. Like mm. there was all this chippiness, but like fake chippiness. And it <laughs> yes. was like, I was like, are we like really about to do this? Like, are we really about to like start a mini rivalry uh, with the Florida Panthers? Like out of these like ridiculous arbitrary it's Sunday afternoon and we're grumpy type like right. interactions out on the ice. Right. I think the fact that it was a back-to-back had a lot to do with that yeah. too. And they were, and there, um, I believe Grice started both games actually. Yes. And there, you know, you have some tired legs and the Detroit Red, Red Wings were less rested than the Panthers because they've had four games postponed. So I can see how Detroit might've been a little grumpy on their side. <laughs> definitely it, armando can you can you explain to me who the hell carter verhage is and how does he have five goals in six games because i've literally i've heard of this man once in my life played on tampa bay i think last year yes last now year he's, now he's an over a point per game player it's i don't i don't know who he is well he is a guy who led the ahl in 2019 in points oh shit okay yeah so and (laughs) he it feels like for this florida panthers team that he's like 
the next Jonathan Marcheseau for this team, who was not really high up in with the Tampa Bay Lightning. So they didn't tender him a contract. So here comes a player from the Tampa Bay Lightning to the Florida Panthers. I'm not saying he necessarily is Jonathan Marcheseau, but the compare, there's a lot of similarities with both situations. And Jonathan Marcheseau, in his one and only season in Florida, had a great season before the expansion draft with Vegas. So here comes Carter Verhage, a two-year, $2 million contract for, for the next two seasons. And wow. And with the speed, his speed is really what has gotten him to the first line with Anthony Duclair, who had such a great season last year with the Ottawa Senators. And I, I was telling, I was telling Jay Forster, Jack Bushman in the previous series that they want to spread the wealth between Hubi and Barkov and putting them on different lines. And that's how, and with Verhage and Duclair's speed, it's really helped spread it out like they planned. Definitely. Like I'd say too, another guy I wasn't really expecting to jump onto your roster and make uh, as big of an impact as he had is 34-year-old Patrick Hornquist. I thought his best years were long behind him, especially leaving Pittsburgh and Crosby and Malkin behind. But I mean, it's the same thing. He's got, I think he's got the same stat line, five goals, two assists or something like that. But I mean, he's still over a point per game player for you guys right now. Yeah. And he had a no movement clause to come to Florida. So he had to approve of the trade and the Florida Panthers got out of a really bad contract with Mike Matheson. So they had to sacrifice Colton Sevior in the trade too. But if you're looking for, if you're going to separate Hubie and Barkov, at least put someone there with Hubie because the Panthers did lose of Genny Dadanoff and Mike Hoffman in free agency this year. And there was no way they were going to afford Mike Hoffman. No way there. I, I gave it a 0% chance that they were going to afford it after the season that he had last year. So it, it was just about being honest with ourselves. So, and they've been able to, it's, it's, it was no problem. All right, uh, we're going to take a quick break here and then we're going to wrap up the series first. I got to talk to you folks at home about betonline.ag. Armando, who do you got in the Super Bowl this weekend? I see you got the Miami well, Dolphins zip up on. I'm assuming you're not rooting for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I, I'm i rooting for everyone on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers except Tom Brady. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, and so what, who are you going to place your, your large sum of cash on when it comes time to uh, place this bet? It's hard to go against the recent MVP and the recent Super Bowl champion in Patrick Mahomes. All right. Well, there you go. And when you decide to place that bet, just know that there's only one place that has you covered and only one place that we trust. It's betonline.ag. When you sign up for a free account today at betonline.ag and use that promo code LOCKDOWN, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus folks there's lots going on these days march madness is right around the corner just because football is ending doesn't mean that your chances to make money are starting to dwindle because let's be real folks there's 10 nine games on the nhl and nba schedules every single night you could be making some serious dough if you just head on over to betonline.ag sprinkle a little bit of cash on like you know the money lines maybe a nice parlay taking into the night give you a nice little rooting interest whatever your style is betonline.ag has you covered. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. And don't forget to use that promo code LOCKDOWN to receive a 50% 
welcome bonus with your first deposit at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. That is the best fucking power play the Detroit Red Wings have had in four games. All right, before we hop into segment three, I just wanted to let you guys know that if you wanted to get the upper hand in your fantasy league with daily fantasy advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey, fantasy hockey expert Scott Collin gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long dynasty and DFS leagues, breaking down all the stats and information to keep you ahead of the competition. Subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Armando, we are here with you, the host of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. We're recapping uh, this past weekend. Tomorrow, we're going to get into a little bit more of a, uh, a long-term outlook. I want to know what the Panthers uh, are going to be looking like over the course of the entire season, what the expectations are, and all that good stuff. But we got to keep it with the most recent stuff. What is your one big or maybe two big takeaways from this uh, series not only for the Panthers, but what did you learn about the Detroit Red Wings, either negative or positive? I think there's a lot of effort on their side. And there have been a few players. I've seen that there have been a few players lately who have been through the teardown. I see that Bertuzzi and Mantha are, were part of that. And I saw that actually today that uh, Rasmussen was uh, sent to the taxi squad for uh, Detroit. And who I have a question for you. Who has been who has been your biggest sur- disappointment and surprise for this team? I would say the biggest disappointment would probably be biggest disappointment is tough because not a lot of guys had expectations. Like the biggest disappointment early on was definitely Anthony Mantha, but he picked it up in this past series uh, yes. with those two goals. So I don't I don't think that he deserves that distinction. Um, I'd say Darren Helm just because he had COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Darren Helm for getting COVID and then and then being day to day like after coming back and then yeah, you know just just classic Darren Helm stuff. Uh, as far as the biggest like surprise and positive, it's got to be Bobby Ryan, right, leading the NHL in goals after his first three or four games or something like that. The most prolific goal scorer in Red Wings history, as we like to uh, pin that title on him. So we've had a lot of fun not only watching him but also just seeing his return. And even in these past couple of games, when he hasn't scored, like uh, over the weekend, he was still, he's, he's always very noticeable. He's always making the right play. He's always a lot of times the guy who, you know, makes the play that, that somebody else messes up. Like it's, it wasn't Bobby Ryan's fault. He tried to make the pass uh, and then it gets, you know, uh, the guy can't handle it or whatever it may be. So like he all, all over the place, in my opinion, has been probably one of the best surprises along with Troy Stetcher, uh, the defenseman who they signed from Vancouver. But I was pretty high on Stetcher even before they played a game this year. So I don't necessarily know if I would classify him as a surprise, but Bobby Ryan, absolutely. I mean, you didn't have any idea what you were going to get from this guy, the the comeback player of the year last year, all the things that he dealt with going away to deal with uh, alcohol abuse. And at the end of the day, you just want to see him healthy. You want to see him happy playing the game he loves again. Obviously, you hope that he can be a productive uh, part to your team. And we've seen that not only with his on-ice production, but you also see him taking off that leadership role. And that's been really nice uh, as well. So pretty much across the board, Bobby Ryan has been the one player to exceed expectations so far. Yeah, I'd say in much less words, um, our goaltending 
has been a, a huge positive for us this year. Um, although stats will tell you that they're not necessarily the best tandem in the NHL. They've kept us in every single game that we've played. Um, I'd say that my biggest um, disappointment so far is Zadina, but it's nothing that's out of his control because every game that he's played, he's, he's looked like he's taken, he's taken that step and become a difference maker, but just strictly the fact that he's been on the COVID list for a week and a half makes me sad. So that's, that's what I'm disappointed in. And you guys have on your team, former Panther killer, Thomas Grice on your team, who has bounced <laughs> around, who's bounced around a little bit before settling for a while in New York, who killed the Panthers back in the 2016 playoffs, which is the same year that both of our teams last made it. So it it's great to see that you have that veteran leader on your, on your team and Thomas Grice gave Florida a hard time once again, despite taking two losses. But I tell people, goalie wins and losses are, is a little bit of an overrated stat in, mm. in hockey. It doesn't tell the whole story. Yeah, basically all goaltending stats really don't. I mean, it's – Bernier was – last year I think he won 11 games out of our 13 or something that we won. Um and I mean, his goals against average was still, or his save percentage was still barely above 900. Wow. Yeah. And it doesn't tell the whole story. Like that's, that's subpar in terms of if you just look across the NHL, but he was, if he was on a good team, he'd be up for MVP this in the, of the past year. In my opinion, he was that much of a difference maker for us. All right. Uh, Armando, before we close this out, one final thought on this series, go for it. You got your at least three out of four and got four eventually with the first one being in in overtime in and the fact that the fact that Carter Verhage and Duclair continue to to just be super speedsters on the first line and my biggest actually my biggest takeaway is Alexi Heponiemi, who was who made his NHL debut yeah. on Saturday night and got an assist from Anthony Duclair, which was his sixth of the season. And Joel Quenville trusted him to be on the three-on-three lines in his very first game of the season. And that speaks volumes to the type of hard worker that Alexi Heponiemi is, being a former 40th overall pick in the second round of the 2017 draft. So that's my biggest takeaway on on the series what do you got ethan close us out oh boy um red wings power play stinks um special teams aren't fun um thank god for our goaltending well there you have it folks Hmm. we'll be right back tomorrow with armando velez to do a long-term outlook of the florida panthers so we'll catch you back here same time same place it's your team every day Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.